The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the second, the end of the second chapter and the beginning of the third chapter. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God at the time of Abathar, the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. They watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them in anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. He said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Prepared a sermon along the way. was thinking about some things to say. Um wasn't sure whether it was right because I was also being hit with Lyme disease. I got bit by a tick a couple, three weeks ago. It turned into something big and ugly and, and hurtful. And so they gave me antibiotics. And so that's kind of going away. That's all happening. This morning about 5.30, I'm having a dream. It's a really cool dream. And the dream kind of just, just changed all the message that I had thought. We just kind of just put that one aside. And so what you're going to get is, is, is a sharing of a dream and how it relates to the gospel lesson. And maybe we'll be able to bridge those two pieces together. God help us. If it goes right, all the glory goes to God. He makes it work. If it goes wrong, it's on me. <clears throat> if you can help me out on this, it would be good. So here's the dream. It's a Sunday in my dream. And much similar to this, I'm, in my dream, I'm being installed as a pastor of a new church. Um, I don't know where the church is at. I, that's one of the things that's not revealed in the dream. I can't tell what part of the United States is at. It could be here. It could be anywhere. But I'm installed. But what I do know is that there's pine needles. Like when you're in this little center aisle out here, they have these pine stuff that they use for decorations of the base of plants. There's pine needles there decorating the side of the church. And in my dream, as I, I'm leaving a Bible study early because the service is a big to-do. It's choreographed. It's lined out. It's, there's, everything has a time and a time limit, and everybody's been practiced and rehearsed. It's very professional in this place. And I knew that I needed to have my stuff perfect because I had a special thought. So I left early to prepare my thoughts to go and get ready for the worship service. Well, as I'm going from the Bible study and I'm walking by, I noticed that someone had flicked a cigarette butt and it landed on the pine things, and lo and behold, the pine things are on fire, and it's getting ready to start the church on fire, and this is not good. And so in my dream, I do what, 
we, I'd seen done with grass fires either in the southwest or in, in Kansas. Um, farmers or ranchers there, we, we'd just take pants, typically old denim pants. We would soak them in water, and we'd start the fire, and we'd backfire it first. And as we did that, then we'd use those wet pants, and we'd just beat down the grass. And it's amazing how effective that is at knocking a fire down before it gets unruly. Even if it's starting to get unruly, you can beat the bottom, and it just kind of goes away. So wet pants worked. Well, with that in my mind in my dream, it's a sense of urgency in a rush. Lo and behold, pastor takes off his pants. In my tidy wise, my shoes are off. I got my black socks on, and I'm taking my pants, and there's a fountain. So I go to the fountain, and I get my pants wet, and I'm beating down this fire, and it works. I mean, the fire is starting to diminish. I beat at the bottom first, and then it comes down, and the fire is gone. In my dream, that's a good thing. Wow. And then I realize I'm a pastor with no pants, and I've got to be at church. And I hear the first toll bell going, like, it's about ready, to, we're got to get start. So here I go, I'm running through the parking lot, find my pickup truck, in my dream, I find my truck, and the only thing in my truck are my, my, my denim pants and my boots. So here goes denim pants and boots, and I'm not sure how this is going to go, because this is a fairly formal-like setting, and, um, and I'm smelling like smoke, and, and that's not good, it's not like a barbecue pit. And so I'm running across the parking lot now with boots and, and, and Levi's on, and, and then I see a lady who's walking ahead of me, and she falls. It's like she lost her balance or something, she falls. And, and it, just a sweet veteran lady. And when she falls, she hits her head. And when she hits her head, her glasses go into the skin and it cuts. And so she's dazed from the impact, and she's bleeding. It's like, oh. It was just sad. And so now I'm beside this lady and I'm sitting down next to her, kneeling down beside her, and I try to set her upright. I'm trying to put some pressure on her head and just talk to her a little bit and just saying, how are you doing? What else is hurt? Kind of having her wiggle her fingers, have her wiggle her toes. That's my thing with my boys. Every time something bad happens where we wreck or something, can you wiggle your toes? Can you wiggle your fingers? Okay, we kind of do a, a move through progressions. And so I'm sitting there trying to, and I'm just talking to her, waiting for someone else to come by and notice, We're trying to wave somebody to get some help. And she's kind of crying, but then she's also kind of comforted and peaceful. It's just a neat little piece in my dream. Well, someone comes to the aid and is like, oh no, the search service has started. And I'm supposed to, I'm like being installed as pastor. Someone's there with her. I'll see you later. And now I'm running into the church and I've got my hands and I'm wiping the blood off of my pants. That's not a big thing because most of my denim pants, the blood washes off easy. It's not the first time they'll have blood and dirt on and stuff like that. So I'm wiping it off. But now I'm going inside the church and everybody's got the suits, all the, all the installing type professional pastor, bishop types. They're all in their perfect you know, black suits, all polished up. And here I am, Levi's bloody things, dirty hands, smelling like a barbecue pit. And I'm the guy that's going to be installed as service pastor. Well, now I'm unraveled. The whole pace of my dream is this, I'm, I, I'm thoughtless. I can't put things together. I don't know what I'm going to say, and I'm supposed to give a message. And I know now that I'm already into my message time because the band's playing like the second song that they didn't schedule to play because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. They filled in. And so I go, I, I, I asked, there was, a, there was a veteran pastor there. He was like the pastor before, and he's just celebrating my being there. I said, sir, I need you to pray for me because I've, I've come apart. And, so I, and he says, Sure. I kneel before him and he, I pray, or he prays for me. He's had my hands, uh, his hand on my head, and he's praying. He's, I just remember my dream is a beautiful prayer. It's like he's talking to God and God's listening because now I'm like my thoughts and my I'm calm and I'm peace and it's like it's working. It's like oh thank you God for hearing this man's prayer. I stand up and go over there to where I'm supposed to be standing. They bring the music side down and now I get to start the the, the sermon part. 
saying good morning, whatever. And about that time, the, the, the keeper of the schedule, of the, the agenda, because it's only on TV. You've got so much time, and then you've got to say, we've got to cut this off. We've got to take a commercial break. Well, she's pretty much coming up and saying, five. She's whispering, four, three, two, one. I was supposed to shut up. It was for, it, my part of the presentation was to be over, and I was like being dismissed, and I'm thinking, oh, we and then I asked at this point in this dream, I said, all right, church, you call me to be your pastor, right? And they said, yes. And he said, I have a really neat message that I, I feel that God wants me to share with you on his behalf today. Would you like to hear it, even if it messes up with the program? They all said, yes, enthusiastically. He's like, woohoo! All right, so you guys will have to figure out your programming side on your own. Here goes the message. And then this part, now in, the, in my dream, but also with you, is, is the sermon based off of our Bible lessons. And the sermon I gave in my dream was done like this. In Genesis, God created. He worked. We don't know whether God worked hard or not. We just know that on day one, He spoke energy and life and power and intelligence all comes into creation. And there's an order and it's fixed and it's blessed and it's good. And God did it. And then on day two, there's another piece. And then day three, there's another piece. All the way to the sixth day. And on the sixth day, He made us. He, he took earth, Adam, he took that earth and he breathed into it and he made you and I in his image and his likeness. Two things, image and likeness. Almost like the form and then the natural part of who we are with our capacities to love and forgive and be good, right? He gave us his image and his likeness. And at the end of that, it was good. And on the seventh day, he rested. And on that rest day, he called it Sabbath. And there's two B's in there. It was a Hebrew way of emphasizing the first word. The first word is to cease, stop. And by doubling up that, sec, that, that letter B, it's like to say it twice. Stop. On the seventh day, the Sabbath day, you're to rest. You're to rest with your Lord. In that resting, there's like healing and a restoration and a joy in the presence of the Lord, and love and life, and in all that is God, you are with Him on that Sabbath. He said it. He said it on the seventh day of creation. That was in Genesis chapter 2. Then we jump over into Exodus 20. In Exodus 20, He's talking with Moses, and He says, here's your codes. I am the Lord your God. You have no other gods before Me. You don't use My name in vain, and you will keep the Sabbath. And it goes on with honoring fathers, but don't kill, don't steal, those other things. But to keep the Sabbath was right there, and that's what we're remembering on this day, the Sabbath part. And in Exodus, he tells him that. And so he's getting ready to give the orders, or Moses community to the people, but he doesn't finish until 31. So it starts in 20, but in verse chapter 31, God gives Moses a whole chapter of 31 just about the Sabbath. There's not a whole chapter about just about anything else in there listed, but this is a chapter about the Sabbath. You will keep it. It's a day of joy. It's a day of rest. It's a day of remembering who you are. It's a day of remembering whose you are. You remember that on the Sabbath. And if you do that, you're blessed and joy and full of life. If you don't do it, you will die. That's what it says. Read it. Chapter 31, Exodus. If you do not keep the Sabbath, you die. After that, God, with His finger, writes on these tablets for Moses to present to the people these commandments. Sabbath was that one written. All right, so that's happening in there, honoring the Sabbath. So now we know why the Jews are really wound up tight about Jesus keeping the Sabbath. 
They really are. They're bound. They're, 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 but they're improperly fixated. So then we get to the gospel lesson, and Jesus has them remember something about David. And he asks them an irritating, and it's an insulting question to them. He asks, have you not read about David? Have you not read? It's like he's asking the people who write the book. These people study these scriptures day in and day out. They memorize whole sections. And now Jesus is asking them, don't you know the story of David? He's trying to give them a correction that they can be motivated from within and it doesn't work. They don't get it. They know the story, but they don't know about the story. Right? They've heard it, but they don't know it. So then he starts talking. He reminds them of what happened with David. He reminds them about the gift of the Sabbath. That David, when he was, he was king... And he was running and living like he was a poor traveler. Him and his companions, he was in exile, he was hiding. And he happened to go to a place where there was sanctuary and they were starving, they were that hungry, they were very hungry. And in that story, he goes to the priest, Ahimelech, it's a different name than what we had in the gospel lesson, but you can read in there in this First Samuel chapter 21, David and his companions go and he asks, is there bread? And there's no ordinary bread. The priest had nothing there to give them. He says, but look, we have, we, have these, we have need. And the priest, on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, they take the bread of the presence that had been there all week, and they gave that to the priest. And on that day, they take new bread that's brought in, 12 loaves, one for each tribe, and they give it, and they now that's the bread of the presence for the next week. And the bread of the presence is basically telling the people and all, all of the Israel, all the tribes, knowing that that bread is there to remember that you have fellowship with your Lord, that God is present with you. In this bread, the symbol that you are not separated from your God. Curious how Jesus broke bread later on? And the, the, the things just... It just overlaps all over the place. But anyway, back to the bread. They take that bread, they put the new bread of presence in, they take the old presence out, but instead of the priest eating it, this priest, Ahimelech, he gives it to David and his companions because they had need. In his compassion for the need of another human being, he took the rituals and these ceremonial codes and he, he put them aside because a, the, a child of God, a king of God, had need and his companions had need. And he gave them the bread. But before he did so, he asked them a question. Are you holy? I mean, have you, are you in a good place with your Lord? Have you, are you living holy lives? Are you worthy of this bread? I can't taint or hurt this bread. You know, it's a respectful thing. And David said, yes, we are living holy lives. We're in a pure place. And so the priest gave him the bread and they ate. And that's what Jesus is asking him to remember. What was more important, the ritual or the hunger and the need of a person? So right after that, he reminds him of that. And then the next thing he says, he says, the Sabbath was not made. You were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. This day of rest is for you. It's not a have to. It's a want to. It's a gift. This is your chance where you don't have to work. You can put all the demands of sports and hobbies and work and chores and house and all those other have-tos aside. Put the world aside and just go sit in the presence of your Heavenly Father and remember how much you're loved and you're forgiven and you're cherished on this Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for you. He says that. And then right after that, he says, and I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. That blew them up because God of creation is the one who set up the Sabbath and now Jesus is saying that He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's basically saying, I'm the God. 
I'm son of man and I'm son of God. And that didn't set well with them. Now, we get one week later, we continued. On another Sabbath, in another place, in another synagogue, Jesus enters and the priests are watching, the Pharisees are watching him. They're watching him. And they're, they're actually breaking codes to watch him, but they're not really interested in breaking the codes about themselves right now because they're fixated on hating on Jesus. And so he enters there, and yes, he sees the man with withered hand. Jesus noticed when we're withered. Think about the places in our lives that we have withering. Whether it's self-induced or world-induced, we all have wounded, twisted place. So there's a man with a wounded, withered hand. And we've seen them maybe from birth. One hand might be fairly normal, but another hand's kind of withered or maybe just a, a stump. And this man's hand is withered and it's twisted like this. And he calls the man forward. He says, come up, come to me. And the man comes up there. And he says, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched out his hand. Only God can do that. They were mad at him the week before and hated on him because he said he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Only God does that. So yes, Jesus is the Son of God. And what he does on the Sabbath is he restores it. He is... The, the, the synagogue in my dream was on fire and Jesus sees His church on fire because the priests have put an emphasis on the wrong syllable. They're worried about the laws and not about the people. The people have needs and they don't even see it. They don't even remember that it's a gift to them. They just say it's a code that you have to follow. And He's trying to put that fire out. And the very next week, He sees someone in need and He says, this is what the Sabbath is for. Put out your hand. Be healed on your Sabbath. You are forgiven. You get to participate in a holy meal because Jesus has forgiven you. The Holy Spirit's invited you. You get to participate in that simply because of what Jesus has done. He restored the Sabbath. When we come here, He's saying, put out your hand and be healed. And by putting out your hand is more than just having your flesh restored. It's actually the capacity to reach out and touch something and to hold on to something which would be God, and or to raise your hands up in a healed fashion to tell God, thank you. I give you my thanks. I give you my worship. I give you my praise. You are the king of all things. You are the creator of all things. You made me wonderfully in your image and likeness. Thank you, Father. He's restoring the Sabbath in my dream and in this sermon in my dream. Because at the end, the hands were raised and the Sabbath was restored. That's the end of my dream. That was the end of my sermon, my dream. I think I said this early church, that's all I got. <laughs> so I'll just say amen and we'll keep going with our worship service. Amen.